to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the September issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, What Are Video Auctions and CME Futures Telling Us About Fall Feeder Cattle Prices? To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Dr. Elliot Dennis, who's a livestock marketing and risk management economist with the University of Nebraska. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. Dr. Dennis, in this article, you went through and looked at what are some of the CME futures doing in terms of current prices and also looking at video auctions where we're looking at large load lots of cattle that are being marketed. You looked at the different prices that were being received and then also looked at historically what's happening with those prices compared to basis on what it would be as we look in the past what would be typical for seeing that class and weight of cattle, specifically for Nebraska producers. Share with us the data that you looked at and what are some things that you learned from that and might have implications for cow-calf producers as well as those selling feeder cattle as we look to this fall. Yeah, so uh, I think it's important to note that CMA futures and video auctions are somewhat similar in the sense that they give us prices about future delivery. the, diff- the primary difference between a video auction contract um, and the CME uh, specification would be that um, one of them completely locks in the cash price and one of them locks in a futures price and then is adjusted to by basis. Uh, and really, these are price signals on, on what would potentially prices be in, in the future. And so I essentially took all of the video contract or video uh, sales that were sold here in the North Central region, which Nebraska is a part of. And I looked at the different types of delivery months that uh, the cattle were sold at, and then looked at uh, what were the differences between steers and heifers and what does this, you know, price weight slide look like. And what I showed is that at the time when I had done the analysis, that the, the video auction and CMA futures were pretty similar. Uh, and that was a positive thing. And you think about as, as us producers, if we're trying to make a decision, where are we going to go for, for price information? Well, one of the things that we can look at is the CME uh, when we're trying to make determinations on what we should pay for feeder cattle on the video auction. And those, uh, those prices pretty much held for uh, across the different months and delivery months, September, October, November, um, and also across the different sexes, steers and heifers. So that was a positive thing that, you know, even if we don't use the CME futures market to actually take off some of that output price risk on feeder cattle, it can still be used as a pretty good indication on what potentially uh, video cattle uh, are going to do. Also in, in the in the article, I sh- I show a little bit about what uh, this price weight slide looks like. And so obviously we're talking about averages on prices and an average, you know, by definition means that there's some, there's going to be some cattle that get a little bit more money or dollars per pound. And there's going to be cattle that give, get a little less than uh, less than that. So this is an average price. And that obviously is going to, you know, change by the weight of, of cattle that are sold. And we describe this price weight relationship uh, using a term called the price weight slide. 
And what this really does is says if cattle are lighter, they're, they receive a dollar, a higher dollar per hundred weight uh, price than if they're heavier. And really we look at this because this tells us where the premiums or discounts are happening in the market. Uh, given the current drought condition uh, and also some high feed costs that feedlots are facing, really what, uh, what I showed there was that the video catalog or the video market auction was actually pricing in that information. They were discounting uh, lighter cattle in the 500 to 600 pound range and really providing all of those premiums to heavier cattle. And that makes sense if a feedlot has higher corn prices, essentially they want to place heavier feeder, uh, feeder cattle so that they limit the amount of days on feed and overall their overall feed costs. And so really tried to show this as a representative that we can use CME and video auctions to have price estimates and also that markets do work and that people actually try to price in the information they're receiving uh, about what they believe markets are going to be like in the future um, into those prices that they receive on video auctions. So as we look at some of these prices this year, and you already have said this, but because of the increase in feed prices, we're seeing what I would say is less price slide uh, on these cattle moving from five, six, seven weight up, just because the, the market is saying, based on the information available, we really do want heavier weight cattle that are going to be on feed for less amount of time. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, we'd say that that towards the end of the curve, it's flatter. Um, and in some cases, it's even going up. And that's exactly right, Aaron, that we want heavier cattle. And so what that means for a decision potentially at weaning is uh, calculating the value of gain. And in some cases, that value of gain is actually telling producers this fall to actually retain cattle post weaning and to add weight. Now, when I, to show you how the markets actually move and in my original analysis, uh, when it was first published, feeder cattle, uh, say September or October delivery months, were trading at the 160, 167, 168 range. And that was a pretty good price. And if we were going to look at it today, um, we're in the basically end of September and those same delivery months are, are in the 155 to 157 range. And so prices do move. And so that brings in this whole concept of, yes, CME is saying this, or the video auction is saying this, but it just shows you that prices are moving and, and we do need to continue to try to use some sort of risk management um, and not expect that those prices are always going to be there in the future, just because they're here today. You mentioned looking at the value of gain, just express a little bit or explain a little more about what you're thinking there as we think about value of gain. And then also looking at what current cost of gains are, how would you utilize that information thinking about decision-making? Yeah. So when we talk about value of gain, uh, it's uh, when we make a decision to retain post weaning, we're only paid for the additional pounds that we put on after weaning. And so that means if we have a 550 pound animal that we are going to sell, let's say in Ogallala, um, and we decide we're going to wean it, well, we're only, and then we raise that animal to 700 pounds, we're only paid on the additional 150 pounds that we've put on weight. And the market can actually say they're willing to pay you 
$1.70 per pound to put on that weight. And as you rightfully said, uh, Aaron, that uh, we have to make sure that that value of gain is higher than our cost of gain. Um, and uh, if your cost of gain is below, in, in this case, $1.70, uh, we'd say that there are opportunities for you to make the additional profits. Well, what are the profits? It's the value of gain minus your cost of gain. That's what's our additional profit we're going to receive. Um, sometimes we can make uh, retaining decisions post weaning for other reasons. We can think of like a tax reason, or you can think about a uh, different experience of uh, maybe we have some extra feed on hand. And so we're making that, that decision. But really, we always want to be looking at what is the market willing to pay me to put on that weight? And what can I? Uh, cost effectively put on that weight for. One of the things I also think is important to understand, and, and you've already alluded to this, but we have what's called a price slide. So typically lighter weight cattle are worth more per pound than heavier weight cattle. And so we need to make sure we understand that the price per pound we're getting uh, doesn't mean that that's the actual value of gain. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, that's the the dollars that we're receiving per pound and that value of gain is actually the difference between, generally thought as the difference between those prices as we move along the price line. Anything else on this topic that you think would be valuable for folks to know and understand as they think about feeder cattle and calf prices this fall? Yeah, so I showed one example of this fall. Obviously we could do this for any delivery month, um, and so it's important to note that these price slides, they change within season and across years. And so while I gave one example of this year, that price slide not, might not always be the case because it's going to reflect a different market condition. Um, and so just important to note that this is one example of how you can look at that, but uh, it's not going to be the same you know, if we're looking at January delivery cattle, or even next year, 2022, uh, September, October feeder cattle delivery. Well, thanks again for joining me today. Yep. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, this article was titled, What are Video Auctions and CMA Futures? telling us about feeder cattle prices.